Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Good morning. Um, Happy New Year. Wow, we get to celebrate the new year together. January is today the, what's today? The second, oh my goodness, January the second. Where is this year going already? It's so fast. I felt like I was just trying to stay up until midnight. Um, watching the thing. So how many of you are in a stage in life where uh, you, forget midnight, you're not staying up till midnight on New Year's Eve. Um, some of you, we have teenagers in the house, so we, we made it. We, we pushed through and, you know, we tried to act like we were fully awake and we're all ready to, you know, party. But um, no, we had a good time. I, I hope you had a good uh, New Year's, uh, good start to the year, and congratulations. You made a really great choice. The first Sunday of the year, you are at church. You're here in the room or you're watching online or out on the patio, you're like, you're here at church. Like, that's got to get you some points with somebody, right? Somewhere. Um, so we're glad that you're here and glad that you're um, ready to get started on a brand new year. And so we're going to be starting a brand new message series today called Centered. And we're going to be talking about what does it look like to start our year centering on the things that are most important. First things first is what we're talking about. And so super excited to do that. But before we jump into the new year, so I was thinking a little bit about last year, 2021. So how was 2021 for you? Was it great? Was it not so great? Um, How was it for you? Uh, I'm sure you've taken some time to think about it and look back on the year and decide what you know, yeah, yeah, somebody over here is like, ah, you know, it's kind of, you know, maybe a little bit of both. And Here's what we know. I was talking with our team. Uh, we always gather every Sunday morning at 8.30. We gather in the courtyard and we pray together. Uh, anyone who's here who's serving, volunteering, we pray together. You're welcome to join us any Sunday. You could come at 8.30 and pray with us, and then we'll put you to work. And, you know, we'll give you something to do. Uh, now, you can come be a part of our team at 8.30 and pray with us. We'd love that. But we were talking about the fact that God's best is always in front of us. Here's what we know for sure about 2022. Like, I, don't, I, I can't make any predictions uh, about 2022 other than the fact that God's best is waiting for us just around the corner. His best is always in front of us. And so, but 2021 had a couple of highlights, a couple of good things. And one of the things that was a highlight for me, I crossed off my list, it was a bucket list, was... I got my, um, uh, I got a motorcycle, and before you're like, whoa, hey, what are we paying you? Like, what, what, what's happening? Um, long story uh, that I'll tell you, you know, another time, but this, um, so this, this dude gave me a bike. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. He gave me a bike. I'll tell you the story another time. But um, uh, Nicole gifted me a motorcycle training safety course at Cabrillo. And so uh, I went and I took this course. It was like over the course of two weeks. And, um, and it takes you from having never ridden a bike 
to being an expert in just two weeks. Uh, it's pretty amazing. No, it was a great course. And in fact, here's a picture up here of, of me on my bike, right? That's the bike that this dude gave me. Can you believe this? He gave me this bike. And um, there's me. Um, I'm in my, like, like, I look like legit. Like, I have like a motorcycle jacket on. I got the gloves. I, of course, I got my, 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 my helmet. I literally paid more for this helmet than I did for the bike. And um, there it is, and you know, it's been a ton of fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it so much. Uh, it's such a fun thing. So if you don't know, a year ago last week, I had a massive heart attack and almost died, and God miraculously saved my life. So what better way to celebrate then that than <laughs> to jump on a motorcycle, right? I mean, you know, God gave me a second lease on life. Like, let, let me enjoy it. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Um, so I took this course, and it was so much fun. And uh, they taught us all the basics of, of, of how to ride a bike. And then if you pass the course, you actually pass the driving portion of the test for your license at the DMV. And so it's like a lot of pressure, you know? Like, you want to get it right because you're already there. You've been driving the bike. You're like, you're warmed up. You're like, everything's there. And so you want to do it. And um, Thankfully, I made the cut. I'm not sure they were grading on a curve that day, but I made the cut and, um, and passed the course, and it was a ton of fun. But one of the things that they teach you about riding a motorcycle, let, let me see, let me see, anybody in here ride a bike? Do I have any motorcycle riders? Yeah, I've got some, some here. Okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. You know, I'm part of that club now, you know. <laughs> For those of you who don't ride a motorcycle, let me tell you something about it. Um, no, so what they do is uh, one of the things they, they kept hammering home to us was to keep our legs against the bike. And um, let, let push your legs against the bike. And especially as you're making turns, it really helps you to have like one thing that you're trying to move, your body connected to the bike. Instead of having two things separately that you're trying to control, Get yourself tight in there and use that to give yourself some stability. And it made all the difference for me. Uh, I was able, when I did that, I went from trying to like navigate turns, tight turns especially, and feeling like I was just sort of all over the place to being one and being able to move one thing in the direction I needed to move it in. And it was, it was just exactly what I needed to feel like I was centered on the thing. And then I was able to accomplish what it was I was trying to do. Now, you may not be a motorcycle driver, but how many of you can relate to what it is that I'm saying? Have you ever been in a place where um, your ability to be able to focus on something determined your ability to be able to get through it? You know? Um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, in some ways, I'm sort of like, ADD, I'm just sort of like, I can be in, in certain ways all over the place. I love ideas, I love vision, I love, I love you know, talking about things, and, and, and I, can, I, I can go in a million directions at one point. And, um, and I had a, a mentor of mine one time who said, Tim, um, here's what's happening for you. Here's your greatest struggle right now. Your greatest struggle is you have interests in all these different areas, and you're doing a bunch of different things. 
and he said, you're like, you're like this very wide thing. And he's like, your ability to be able to funnel everything you're doing into one focus for a while is going to determine the direction of your life. And he was so right on that. And when I dialed that in into a couple of major things that God's called me to be about, everything changed for me. It was all about centering myself in. It was like riding the motorcycle. As soon as I sort of pressed in and became one, I was able to do what I needed to do to be able to get through. And this is what we're talking about as a church, as a faith community, as people, as individuals. We're talking about our ability to be able to center in on the things of Jesus, to allow Jesus to drive us forward. Now, you may, you may you know, hear me say that, and you might think, oh, no, you... No, Jesus, I mean, Jesus is like a big part of my life. Like, Jesus is like the thing. Like, like I, I would say that I identify as a follower of Jesus, and that's sort of like my, I, I realize that he's like the main thing, the most important thing. And here's why you need to listen to what we're going to be talking about in this series, and especially what we're going to be talking about here today. Because our natural tendency is to veer. Like, if I, if I relax and become unfocused and undisciplined and lazy while I'm driving, while I'm riding the bike, the bike is not going to magically go in the right direction, right? The bike is going to go where it wants to go, and it's going to end up in a, in a crash, in an accident for me. I've got to stay focused. I've got to stay at attention. I've got to control this thing as I move forward, or else the natural tendencies is going to veer. And life is like that as well for us. Your natural tendency is not to head into the right direction. It's to head in the wrong direction, which always ends up in a crash. And so we've got to fight against that. And here's what we're fighting against in our culture. Our culture wants us to believe and to embrace a lifestyle where we center ourselves around things instead of being centered as a person and experiencing things. So let me give you an example. Um, how many of you know people whose lives are centered around their children? Like, like everything, the children drive the family. Like the children are out in front doing whatever it is that they want to do. Like they're involved in 18,000 sports. They're doing all these things. And like, listen, being involved in sports as parents and kids, there's nothing wrong with that. But everything is centered around the kids. And the kids drive the whole thing. They're the center of the whole family. And so what happens is when the kids leave, marriages struggle, marriages collapse, or they, they, they sort of suffer in silence where their life feels empty because the kids are gone and now they have nothing. They've centered themselves around their children instead of censoring themselves as people and especially as followers of Jesus and inviting their kids to come along with them in a life of being centered, right? There's a difference, and we're going to explore this difference here today. So um, we can be centered around a lot of things. We can be centered around um, our finances, you could have a huge bank account, or you could have a tiny bank account, and your life could be centered around that. Everything's about that. 
If your bank account is, is getting bigger, then life is good for you. If it's getting smaller, then life sucks for you, right? We can center ourselves around that. We can center ourselves around um, hobbies like surfing, you know, or riding a motorcycle, or, uh, you know, there's so many things that we could be centered around. Let, let me give you a great, great example of, of one of the most one of the most prolific lies that our culture tells. And it's a perfect example of being centered around things instead of being centered on something. How many of you have ever heard this lie? Here's the advice I want to give you here today is what people will say. Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. What's your heart telling you? Just listen, man. Just follow your heart. You, you, you know how, how incredibly uh, distorted and jacked up that advice is? No. No. I, if you've never heard anybody say anything otherwise, you need to hear me say this today. Don't follow your heart. Your heart is all over the place. Your heart could be like amazing, like, like in a great place one day, and in the next minute be over here in a dark place. Your heart is all over the place, like your emotions. Don't follow your heart. Your heart will tell you things like this. Your heart will say, well, I love her, and she loves me, and we're really like, well, we're going to be, I mean, like we're committed. We're in this. I mean, you know, it's just a matter of time. We're, we're, def- like, we're definitely getting married at some point. Like, we're, like we're, we're doing this. And so, hey, here's what we're going to do. Let's, you know what, let's, what, why don't we just move in together? You know, why, why don't we just enjoy all the things of married life, especially in the eyes of God, because we're together. We're, this, is, this, is, this is how it's going to be. I'm just following my heart. I love this person. They love me. We're going to do this. No. God would say, no, don't do that. Don't follow your heart. Center yourself on me. Follow me and let everything else come along with you in alignment with that. Because here's what's at stake. God's best is waiting for us when we center ourselves on him and his ways. His best. Even if it involves waiting a little bit for something. His best is right in front of us if we'll center ourselves on him. So we're going to jump in. We're going to look at, over the course of these next few weeks, we're going to look at the greatest sermon Jesus ever preached. In fact, um, if you jump into Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, you'll find what's called the Sermon on the Mounts. That, that's a pretty impressive, like if you're going to have like your number one sermon of all time, that's a pretty impressive title, right? Like, On the Mount. It's got this thing, it's a mountaintop, like, you know, Sermon on the Mount. And uh, Jesus preaches this thing. And if you have a Bible that has the words of Jesus in um, red, you'll see that chapters 5, 6, and 7 are 100% red. It's all red for three chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus is teaching, delivers just discourse where he unpacks like all of life. It's an amazing read. You want to take time to explore it. 
So we're going to take bits and pieces of it as we look at being centered. What does it mean for us to go after God's best, to center ourselves around something that's true and right, and let everything else follow suit? All right. Um, so we're going to jump in today to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to be in uh, toward the end of the chapter, and we're going to ask Jesus to teach us today what does it look like for us to center ourselves on him and let everything else follow? He's going to teach us exactly what to do. You ready? All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 25. It, words will be up here on the screen if you need them. Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, Jesus says. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store away in barns, they don't have 401ks, they're not paying a mortgage, they're not, you know, buying motorcycles. And yet your heavenly Father will feed the birds. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes anyway? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor, they don't spin, they don't have jobs, he says. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, if you don't know Solomon, he was like, like the wisest, richest king in all of history. Even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed was not dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans or the non-Jesus followers who don't have something, someone to center themselves on, they run after all these things. Meaning, they center themselves around all of these things. They center themselves around the pursuit of, of not just having clothes to wear and food to eat, but even going over and above and having a better house to live in and a better car to drive and having their kids in the better schools and having, you know, all the latest and greatest, you know, O'Neill and Vans gear that comes out, right? Like, like having the best surfboards, having the, like, having the best Instagram lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? How many of you know people who are going after that? Like, like that's what they center themselves around. Jesus says, you don't have to be that person. I have something different for you, he says. I have something better for you. Your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But let's be honest. I mean, we, we don't find it difficult to be centered around those things because we need them. Like, I need clothes to wear. Not only do I need clothes, but you need for me to need clothes to wear. Like, you, I need food to eat. I need, you know, uh, one of the reasons why I, I uh, you know, went after the motorcycle was because I wanted something that I could, that I could do, like, be involved in. And I also wanted uh, something that I could do with my boys, 
who are, who are into uh, motorcycles as well. And Jake just bought his first dirt bike. And so now we're like, our garage is taken over by these bikes and we, we have tools everywhere. And, and in fact, I, um, so, so how, many, <laughs> how many of you can relate to this? So we took all the Christmas stuff down yesterday, got all the stuff put back in the house. And then um, we were like, hey, we had some gift cards and some things from Christmas. So we're like, hey, let's go down to Salinas because that was the closest area where these stores were. So there. And um, we're gonna eat, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna do some shopping, get, you know, buy some stuff. And, um, and so we go our separate ways and we come back together. And here's what our van looked like. So Nicole, I, we open up the back door and she's loaded in like, you know, gift cards full of Hobby Lobby stuff, right? She's got like stuff for the house in there. You know what I have in the house? I had gone over to Lowe's, which we don't have here, right? And, um, and I had this, uh, oh, this amazing socket wrench set. It was, it's, it's so good. Like, it's like an 8,000-piece set. It comes in this, like, this, like you know, like four-story, you know, tool thing. You slide out. It's got the things in there. And, and, um, and I bought the whole kit because it has a spark plug socket, right? I wanted that thing, right? And, and so, um, and so th this, this, this is, I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that. What was I talking about? What was I talking about? Being centered. And uh, yeah, it's easy to be, it's easy to go after these things, right? It's coming back. It's coming back. It's easy to go after these things because we need them. And, and some of the things even, we don't, I don't need a motorcycle, but it's God gifted it to me. And, 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 I, and, and it's a great outlet for me. And I connect with my boys, and it's something that, like, God, it, it's a good thing in my life. But I can become centered around those things easily. And Jesus says, I have a better way for you. And here's his better way. You ready? But seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom, my kingdom, Jesus says. And his righteousness, God's righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and being right with God and all these things will be given to you. <clears throat> Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't you just love sometimes when, when you read the Bible and the Bible's like, like, like refreshingly honest? Like each day, listen, each day, has its own crap to deal with. Don't worry. Listen, it's, you're going to have to deal with that stuff. Just focus on what I need you to focus on, which is seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, being right with God. So here's the question that I need to ask myself. Where is God in the things I'm doing the goals that I have, the priorities that I have, the things I'm going after, where is God in the middle of all of that? Is God on the periphery? Like you may have God in the picture, but is he the picture? Is he at the heart of the thing? driving you forward, or is he something, someone that you include 
on the pathway to whatever it is that you want to do. Your goals, your priorities, your ways, God, would you come along with me for the ride? I'd really love for you to bless what I'm doing. Would you, would you bless what I'm doing? Would you, I, I, I want you in my life, right? And, and that sounds like a good thing, right? And, and we kind of get fooled by that. Like, it's good to want God in your life. It's good to, like, acknowledge God and, and invite God to be a part of what you're doing. But Jesus would say, no, no, no. Don't just invite God to be a participant on your journey. Hop on God's bike and let him take you where he wants to take you. You see how I just included God driving a motorcycle? Wasn't that awesome? Man, I feel God's presence here today. He's doing some things. All right, so what does it look like to seek God's kingdom first? You're like, okay, Tim, I got it. I got all of what you just said. Um, I want to put Jesus first. I want to follow after him. I don't want to ask him to come along with me. I want to follow after him. What does that even look like? Like you're asking me to do something pretty big. So what does that look like? How do I go about doing that? Well, as we close out our time today, I want to just give you three very practical, practical things that will help you. These are going to be up on the screen. And we're going to talk about three different things, goals, priorities, and worries. And I'm just going to give you a question to ask for each one. And this is for you to take home with you and just go through a little bit of a self-assessment. How am I doing in these areas? And if you're honest, if you're a curious sort of God seeker, you can ask these questions and evaluate where you are. Now, they'll be up on the screen. You could text them to yourself. That's sort of what I like to do, where you could take pictures with your phone and then be able to go back this week and ask yourself these questions. But the first thing we're going to look at is our goals. So here's what we need to do. We need to reevaluate our goals. Reevaluate your goals. Are you following Jesus? Now, watch this. Goals are something we go after, right? It's, it's a forward movement kind of thing. I have a goal that I want to have this or do this or accomplish this work or family or whatever it may be. I have a goal for this. And so that's out there. That's a goal. And I'm going to go after that goal. It's a forward movement kind of direction. I'm going to go after the goal. And so we need to reevaluate our goals, the things that we're going after. What are you going after? Here's the question you can ask yourself. What or who am I first and foremost going after in life? And you just process this question on your own. Take this week and ask yourself this question and, and get, you know, get some time by yourself and honestly answer this question. Maybe have something to write with. Maybe take a notebook or something and, and, and write down thoughts as they come. What am I going after this year? Now, in a, in a secular sense, goal setting is, is very important. And it's something that we, we look at and we say, oh, yeah, we have to set goals. I believe in goals. I'm a goal setter. I, I like setting things out in front of me and going after them. I believe that we accomplish things because we, we set goals to accomplish stuff. This stuff doesn't normally just happen. 
right? We put it out in front and we go after it. What is it that you're going after first and foremost this year? First and foremost, I want to be closer to Jesus than I was last year. I want to look more like Jesus than I did last year. I want people to look at me no matter what else I go after. I want people to look at me and say, that's a Jesus follower right there. That's someone who follows after Jesus. That's first and foremost my goal this year. Everything else falls around that. So reevaluate your goals. How about this one? Let's realign our priorities. And this involves seeking Jesus first in the things that we do, putting Jesus first. So if a goal is something I go after, it's forward. A priority is the value I place on things, right? A priority is how I lift things up. I'm going to prioritize some things over other things. It's an upward motion. So my goal, and my, is my goal to, to, to uh, go after Jesus? Is my priority, do I align my priorities so that everything I lift up is a priority? Am I prioritizing Jesus? Here's a question you can ask to assess yourself in that. What or who am I first and foremost lifting up? What am I lifting up? So here's a great example for you. This morning, you prioritized. You lifted up a connection with God. And you said, I'm going to gather with a faith community over there at Hope Church. You prioritized today. See, you st- I wasn't just playing around at the start of the service. You made a good decision today. You helped me make my point. What are you lifting up? What is your priority? Now watch this. As I go after Jesus first, and my priority, I lift up him, then I can bring my family along with that. I can bring my kids along with that. I can, you know, I had, I had um, some friends one time that came to me, and they were like, hey, we're trying to make a big decision. Would you help us? Sure, I'll help you. No pressure. Um, they said, we're looking, we're, we're, we're looking at, I have a, a job promotion possibility that would take me to an area of the state where we lived in at the time that had the number one rated school system in the whole state. And so we're thinking we're going to move there because, well, we want to put our kids in the best school system. What do you think? What do you think about that? And, and I started talking with them about their priorities. What's your priority? Well, we're followers of Jesus. Like, we, you know, we want to follow Jesus. You know, Jesus is our priority. And then, and then we, we want to put, position our kids in the best way possible. Yes, 100% yes. But in, is your priority following after Jesus? And if it is, is Jesus calling you to go position yourself in the best possible situation for your kids for this. And if he is, do it. Go be the best Jesus follower you can be in that situation. God's blessing on you. Go do it. It's going to be amazing. But where is God calling you as a family, first and foremost, to have the most kingdom impact that you can possibly have? 
What if Jesus called you to the worst school system in your state so that you could go be a light and an influence there? Would you do it? I'll give you, I'll give you a very, very personal, very personal um, example. So um, when we moved to California six years ago, we moved to Santa Cruz six years ago, we had, um, we had two options in front of us. I was pastoring a church and had two options in front of us. We had the fifth largest church in America in Louisville, Kentucky. I have family in Louisville. Um, you know, it's a very sort of comfortable place, very large church. It's a, you know, like it's a, it, was, it was a thing. It was like a good situation, you know, for the most part. And I had this other offer at this, in this place called Santa Cruz. I had ne- we had never been to Santa Cruz. We didn't know anything about it. And uh, right at that time, I, I read some Barna research that said that ranked regions in their connection to God. And it, it, it included things like, like numbers of churches and, and research they had done, uh, interviewing people. What do you think about God? Who, what is God to you? Do, is God a part of your life? Do you value God? You know, all these things. And they, they did this nationwide study. And the Bay Area, the greater Bay Area, San Francisco, Monterey Bay Area, was ranked number five worst in that study. Number five, it was, it was, it was number five uh, most what they call post-Christian meaning people don't identify with Christianity at all. Number five, there were only four other places in our entire country where people are more disconnected from God than the Bay Area. And for us, it was a done deal. Like, as soon as we read that, it resonated in our hearts, and we said, we got to go there. Louisville, I'm sure, would have been nice. Would have been great to be around my family. Uh, I'm sure the church would have been fun. Um, you know, I don't know. I hear there's some great parties around the Kentucky Derby time. Uh, you know, I'm sure it would have been just fine. It would have been fun. God would have used us. It would have been, you know, just fine. But here, the need was the greatest. This was not a good sort of move for our family in the way of, like, having, you know, comfortable things around us. Now, after having come here, we, we, we pray to God that he never takes us away from here, right? And thank God we decided God was calling us here before we ever visited because we definitely would have been swayed by the beauty of the place if we had visited. We would have been like, yeah, I think God's calling us to that place. Um, but we knew God was calling us here. It was not the ideal choice for a family that moved, that was living in the South. Like, it just would have been to go deeper into what we were already doing, where we were comfortable, you know, the church that we would have been a part of, all the things, like, all the things. It just, all the normal logical signs pointed toward that decision. But Jesus was saying, I want you to go here. And we're so grateful he did. So, your priorities. We realign our priorities with Jesus. And then lastly, we recenter our worries, meaning that we trust Jesus first. 
So if our goals pull us forward and our priorities point up to what's most important, our worries will point us down or back, right? Our worries tempt us to say, uh, we're not going to have enough. Um, they hold us back. They, they want to pull us back from what God is doing so that we're focused on what we don't have or what we need or what we're worried about instead of focusing on what God has for us. So in this life of, in this centered life, we're going to recenter our worries by trusting Jesus first. And here's the question you can ask yourself to assess. What or who am I allowing to drag me down? What is it that, that holds me back, that pulls me down? Are you willing in this new year, when you get centered on Jesus, are you willing then to trust Jesus with those worries, let them go, so that you can prioritize him and go after the life he has for you this year? This is what we're trying to do as a faith community. So there's a guy in, in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, and his name is Joshua. And Joshua had a tough task. Joshua followed a leader named Moses. And if you don't know the Bible, Moses is an OG leader in the Bible. He's like top five most well-known, most well-respected, rightfully so, person in all of the Bible. He was amazing. He, took, he stood in the gap, and he led the people out of slavery from Egypt, the, the Israelite people, the Jewish people. He took them from out of slavery in Egypt to a land that God promised to them where they would thrive, a land the Bible describes as flowing with milk and honey. Two things I no longer take part in anymore. But Moses was the guy. He led them. He led them all throughout it. Now, he made some mistakes along the way, and he ended up not being the guy that took him into the promised land because of those mistakes. So he dies right outside of the promised land, and Joshua takes up the mantle. Joshua has to follow Moses. That's a tough, that's a tough task. But he does it. He trusts in God. He, he puts his goals, the things he's striving for are Jesus, are God-centered. Right? His priorities are God-centered. He doesn't let the worries and the fears of following a leader like Moses pull him down or weigh him down, hold him back. He puts those on God and he moves forward and he's successful. They go into the land. They conquer the land. They set up in the land. They, they for the most part, uh, Joshua's leadership is wildly successful. And at the end of his life, the very end of the section of the Bible called Joshua, um, at the very, very end of it, he's now an old man. He has successfully navigated life. He has put first things first. He has uh, exemplified a centered life. He has one final charge to the people before he dies. And he has some beautiful things to say. In fact, Joshua 24, if you get a chance, go read Joshua 24. Um, it's amazing what he has to say, last words kind of stuff, kind of stuff. But one of the things he does 
is he says, you know, I've led you in this way. I've led you to do these things, to live this centered life. Now, when I'm gone, you have a choice. And every single day, we have a choice in this life. And if you've never heard this before, Joshua stands up and he says these iconic, famous words that you're going to see up here on the screen. Joshua 24, 15, he says this. You can do a bunch of different things in this life. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, whether you're a single person and you need to trust your singleness to God or you need to trust your sexuality to God or you need to trust your finances to God or your marriage to God or your kids to God, whatever it is, no matter where you are in all of that, you can stand today and say, but for, but for me and my house, meaning everything that I'm involved in, we will serve the Lord. You can make that choice today. You can choose to be centered today. Then this week, ask yourself these questions that we've talked about and just see where you stand. Now, as you do this, remember this. When you ask questions like this and you see gaps, like maybe you're not quite there yet. Maybe, maybe your goals are not Jesus-centered. Maybe your priorities don't start with God. Maybe your worries are dominating your life instead of you dominating your worries through Jesus. That's not, when you, when you see that gap, that's not condemnation. Like, don't, don't feel guilty, don't feel condemned. The Holy Spirit of God will never condemn you. Never. Condemnation comes from the enemy of our souls. What the Holy Spirit of God will do is illuminate Areas of your life where you can be more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God will convict you of gaps in your life, which is different than condemnation. Condemnation is judgmental, it's dark, it puts you down. Conviction illuminates areas of your life where God has more for you. Let the Holy Spirit of God convict you, show you, illuminate areas of your life where you need more of him and then dive into those areas and let this be your starting point for your new year. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.